You're listening to Theological Sidebar, where I, your host, will take you through a beautiful discussion of things that are interesting that come from the biblical text and the crazy world around us. Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Hit that subscribe button. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, I think that's about it. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Theological Sidebars. Here we are today. It is the month of January, and uh, we're going to be starting back. So I hoped that today I'd be cranking out something with Dr. Andrew Marquez on um, doing something with OTXNT. But no, he was busy. So that'll probably happen next week. So also, if you have questions or uh, topics you'd like uh, him and I to take on, shoot them in here. Let us know. All right, but today we're talking about something a little interesting. Uh, it's going to be something that, uh, you know, as you close through the Christmas stuff, um, you know, one of the things that we uh, we probably do is you've probably read the Christmas story. And after that Christmas story, you probably read about how... Um, you know, Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus, uh, have fulfilled certain prophecy, especially in the book of Matthew. You know, Matthew is very concerned with showing how Jesus fulfills prophecy. And so there, there's some interesting little things that I think are, are worth hitting on, uh, and just discussing, uh, today in particular, the one I want to look at, it comes from Matthew chapter two and, uh, look at how it ends in verse 23. Uh, just to give a little context, they've, they've come out of Egypt. Uh, the angel has given him a dream, uh, and he gets to Israel, but he also does not want, Joseph doesn't want to go into, uh, back into Judea because Archelaus, the a crazy son of Herod is over that area, and he'll be deposed soon enough by the Romans. But, you know, nobody knows that at this point because it's still fresh, and he's there for some time still. Um, but look at verse 22. So when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. And he went and he settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Okay, couple things to just work through. Uh, if you read the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke starts with them being in Nazareth and then traveling down to Bethlehem. Uh, Matthew's gospel doesn't do that. Uh, Matthew's gospel does not include that uh, that they started there in uh, in Nazareth. We don't get that at all. Luke's tells us that they start in Nazareth and they go to Bethlehem because of this census, but that's about it. So Matthew like leaves out where that where they started. So, but that's not necessarily an issue to Matthew. Matthew doesn't really care to talk about all those pieces necessarily. Uh, his stuff that he's concerned about is showing fulfillment of prophecy. And so it is that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Um, now, Matthew makes a big deal about they go back up into Nazareth. Now, Luke starts with Nazareth, and but, you know, um, and uh, and you've got to kind of think through this. So, like Matthew's not Matthew's not saying uh, that this is the first time they've gone to Nazareth. Na Matthew is just starting kind of what he wants to do, which is show fulfillments of prophecy. And so it does appear, actually, when you read this narrative, right, that uh, you know, kind of putting Luke and Matthew together, uh, I it's very easy to see that Matthew 
uh, and Mary probably don't want to go back to Nazareth, right? That's not even on Matthew's radar. Look, like as we go, and we've scrolled, I kind of scrolled to show you this, like his intention was to go back to Bethlehem, not to go to Nazareth. And um, you might say, well, why? Well, because everybody knows their business up there. They, they, they know that there's something that they can't quite understand has taken place. Um, and uh, so I assume that uh, that they don't want to head back to Nazareth originally. In fact, they want to go back into Bethlehem where they'd just gotten their start uh, before they had to have to move on and go into Egypt. Uh, but but that's not how God has it planned. God has a plan for them to go back into Nazareth. Now, part of that, by the way, is going to be because uh, there's some prophecy that's fulfilled there. In fact, one of the prophecies that I think is interesting to look at is uh, comes from the book of Isaiah. I'm going to get it up and running for you to see um, that, uh, you know, and, and we do see this as fulfilled later on. Obviously, uh, when Jesus starts his uh, ministry in the area of Galilee, uh, it is seen as the... Um, it is seen as a fulfillment of that he is starting his ministry in Galilee. Like Matthew will make a big deal about that, as you'll see uh, right here. Like Matthew quotes uh, Isaiah 9, uh, talking that it was significant that Jesus starts his ministry up in Galilee. And if you look, if you'll see in Isaiah 9, it talks about this, this light that will come to the area of Galilee, right? So that's that's a big deal. But that's not the initial prophecy that that Matthew is concerned with as we close out Matthew chapter 2. Um, he's concerned with this prophecy right here in 23, and it says that he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, here's the deal. Many of us have probably looked this, and you've probably tried to look in your Bible and say, where is that passage that the Messiah was supposed to grow up in Nazareth? And and here's what you got to remember. Somebody like Matthew, who is very, very particular in wanting to show the prophecies fulfilled in the Old Testament by Messiah, um, you, you've got to remember, he knows what he's doing. He is not just making this stuff up. He's not just finding random verses. And I will say this, many times have I kind of interacted with people who think that things like Matthew, like gospel writers like Matthew, are kind of just, you know, they, they're, they're apostles. They can kind of make things up and make verses, like mash Jesus into the verses. I don't think you can do that. Um, I think Matthew knows exactly what he's doing uh, as he quotes uh, these passages. Now, notice, though, here in, in our English version, doesn't bold this out because it's not a passage. Now, there's something to note. I'm going to show you this, and this is uh, something that, you know, you can't typically do on Sundays. Um, I want to show you that there is a kind of a formula that Matthew uses for showing quotation. So here's one. The next one right here is in chapter 3. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, blank. Now, that's a very interesting formula that he uses. Go back up here. This is what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet, uh, which uh, that was fulfilled. And actually, uh, if you'll look and you will see that they, all of them in their initial quotations, 
um, when you go through, they all actually have the same thing uh, that right after that it says saying, right? That he's using a quotation formula. So it's not going to help. I can show you if you want to look over here. Like if you look right before 18, he uses the word talking about that this is what the prophet says. Every time he uses that quote, he's he's using um, these words to kind of tee up that he's got a quote in mind. This is the one time, right, that we see, at least right here, he speaks of the prophets, plural, but he also doesn't give this prophetic quote, right? There is no prophetic quote that he shows. And so it does give us a, uh, a pause to say Matthew may not be, I'm not going to say may, Matthew is not meaning to quote a specific passage, he doesn't use the formula of he's quoting a passage here. What he's doing is he's saying that something, right, comes from the prophets, that collectively the prophets spoke about that this guy would be called a Nazarene. So what does that all mean? What, what does it mean that he was going to be a Nazarene? Well, there's, there's really, I think, two good options on this, two good options of, of what it could be. I mean, I mean, the third could also be, Actually, I don't think, I was going to say the third could also be that just he would start his ministry in Galilee, but Matthew makes the case that that is fulfilled when he starts his ministry, that that's not what that means. Um, there's really two good options. Okay, here's the first one. First option of what does this mean? What does it mean that he'd be called a Nazarene? Comes from a play on words with the word, you know, Nazareth, right? So the root word of that, uh, people say, well, it could it could be that it is not necessarily that he is to be called, uh, that he's this um, Nazarene, but it's a, a, a play on words from something like uh, Isaiah 11, when it talks about a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. Now, here's the deal. That word branch, right, is uh, Nazare. Right, and so they're saying, well, maybe there's a play on words uh, that is used that he's saying that he's going to be called the branch, that he's called a branch, and that's what it really comes down to. Now, that's interesting. Uh, it could be that that's what it is that they're just saying he's going to be called a branch, and the same way he's from this town called Nazareth. Okay, that's that's definitely an option. Uh, is is you know, it's it's a it's a good one, but but it could be that more more than that, it could just be that you know Matthew is using this to say that um, that you know, and this is an old uh, tradition as well, an old interpretation that when he says that he was called a Nazarene, uh, it is going to be at that time those people understood that that Nazareth was really just a kind of a a backwards town, that it was more of a joke to come from that town. There was nothing uh, special that comes from that town. Uh, you'll see things like, uh, in, was it Matthew, uh, was it John 1, 46, um, when they're meeting Jesus, it says, we found uh, this because 146 and actually beginning in verse 45, it says, um, Nathaniel found, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? So Nazareth is known as this uh, place, uh, to, at least to them, uh, historically, that it's there's not a, it's not a good place. It's 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 a place of scorn. Uh, it's a place that you you make fun of. It's it's not really a 
It's a hick town is what it is. And, and that might be probably a better way to understand this because then you get insight into things about the about Messiah that kind of begin to make more sense. So if you look at like Isaiah 53, uh, what does Isaiah 53 say when we talk about him? Uh, it says, who has believed that we have heard uh, what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up uh, before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He didn't have impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Now that begins to kind of get to the point of probably what they were saying is that Messiah was always going to be somebody who was, you know, really not valued, who was seen as irrelevant, to seen as somebody who, uh, that people didn't care about. And I think that that's probably a better way to understand this, that this town is kind of representative of, uh, of something that is just, uh, you make fun of. And we all have that, right? We all know, you know, every region has these towns. Like if you come from that town, um, there's a stereotype about who you are. Uh, and it seems to be that that's the case with Nazareth. And, uh, and that fits with what we see collectively, uh, that this Messiah is going to be someone that they don't care, that, they, that he was not necessarily on anybody's radar. Uh, and, and there we go. So I think those are two good options to weigh, uh, to, to really kind of think through. Uh, obviously, like I said, it, it's clear that Matthew's not directly quoting. He's giving the sense of what the prophets said. So I, I hope that helps you work through this passage. Uh, at some point, maybe I'd like to do the uh, Out of Egypt, I Called My Son. We don't have time to do that here today. Uh, but hopefully going through, looking and just kind of seeing how Matthew, it's, it's very clear. He's not using a direct quotation formula uh, as he's talking about this, and then trying to see what, 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 what is that sense then that the prophets speak about this. I hope that's helpful. All right, we are done for today. Thanks for listening. If you like, subscribe, um, and uh, let us uh, let me know if there's anything you'd like to touch on uh, on uh, an episode of Theological Sidebars. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.